Michigan Business Beat on Michigan Business Network. And Friday, April 17th, the Michigan Business Network founder, Chris Holman, was in attendance for a phone conference with the Small Business Administration, SBA's Robert Scott, who serves as the regional administrator for Region 5 of the U.S. SBA, and Constance Logan, who is the Michigan District Director for SBA, were giving presentations regarding PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, implemented in the past two weeks. Here are some excerpts from that phone conference. Certainly do a lot of SBA lending and, and have had a prior relationship. Within that, you have, with a non-active SBA lender, you know, they would do maybe a couple deals a year or every couple years. But then we have active SBA lenders, and we have about anywhere between like 1,500 to 1,800 really active SBA lenders that, you know, range from doing 10 to 20 deals to, you know, 500 to 1,000 deals a year. All those folks, out of those SBA lenders, you do have many of them that are that have what is called delegated authority from the SBA. So what does that mean is that essentially they're already in our system and they can actually do SBA lending on their own behalf with our guarantee program. The thing with the PPP is Congress, with the support of President Trump, wanted this available to all lending institutions, just not the, you know, inners of the, the SBA lending world, which which I applauded. I think everyone applauds that because it really hit some of the credit unions, the community banks, banks that, you know, they don't have somebody just in their shop that just does SBA lending. So how the SBA responded and know that this program was released, that literally signed in the law a little over three weeks ago, and we propped the program up in one week and began taking in applications for the PPP. So for so if you were a, a lender who had never done an SBA loan before, we actually created in a, in a matter of a four or five days a special program for them, kind of like the turbo tax of SBA lending just for the PPP loan so that it was an easy process for them to enter in you know, their customers' applications into our system. So that way, all banks, all lending institutions, credit unions, community lenders, and even fintech have the ability to offer the PPP loan. Now, I can't speak to any particular lender, you know, their internal processes, uh, who they entered in first or whatnot, but I can speak for the U.S. Small Business Administration that we truly did, for the PPP program, offer this to any lender that wanted to offer the PPP to their customers. Was it a perfect process? No. You know, we now have 5,000 SBA lenders that offer the PPP now. When I told you prior that we had about 3,200, so we allowed a lot of lenders that had no relationship with us before to offer the PPP to their customers. And just for your general knowledge, for to be to be an SBA lender, there are some in in normal times there are some hoops that you have to jump through, and it typically takes about a month or two to become an authorized SBA lender through us. And when these new lenders wanted to offer the PPP to their customers, we were having a basically a 48-hour to three-day turnaround process for these lenders to begin offering the PPP. Robin, Connie, this is Chris Holman from the Michigan Business Network. I'd like to start with a, I'd like to uh, I'd like to start with a comment frankly by saying you guys I think did a terribly efficient job considering the circumstances and a few little electronic glitches a lot of 
your answer is simply, and I can I can say some things maybe you can't, is how banks prioritize their customers internally. So that accounts for some of these, you know, people who couldn't get serviced. So my my question is this, and I know it's a political process, and God knows nobody wants to really predict that, but do you have any indication at all of possible timeline of a second tranche of money coming through? And will the... I guess parameters, uh, is it indicated the parameters for loaning will be the same? Yeah, thank you for that question, Chris, and, and hope you're, you're doing well there in Michigan. What I'm being told is that obviously Congress is going to be back in session next week, and there's talk of $250 billion being allocated to the PPP. I had a conversation with actually one of your congresswomen up there in Michigan, yeah. And she was telling me that she was highly supportive of the $250 billion. I think it, it truly, it was a bipartisan bill. The CARES Act was bipartisan. I think the second round is going to be bipartisan for the second round of funding of PPP. But I, what I will say is there's more discussions about honing it a little bit. I mean, obviously, the CARES Act was passed, you know, very quickly to just get the money out on the street to help small business owners and nonprofits. I think the second round you're going to see probably a little more targeting if I had to guess looking into my crystal ball. The one example that I use, which is unfortunate, is our chambers of commerce. A lot of them do lobbying and political activity. It's a very small percentage of a lot of them of their overall activity, but because in the statutes of CARES Act, it states that anyone that does lobbying or political activity cannot qualify for the PPP loan. Well, chambers of commerce have employees and they are basically been pushed out of applying for the PPP, and, and that is something that I keep hearing over and over again that I know our, our policymakers want to certainly include the chambers because they do a lot of good work for us. So I think you're going to see a lot more of that. I do know there's discussions of including hospitals, local government, and whatnot into the second round of funding. Yeah, very good. Thanks, you guys, and thanks for your efforts. And is this is this information from this meeting embargoed at all, or is it for public consumption? Of course it's for public consumption, Chris. Everything I say. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy, am I glad to hear that, Rob. <laughs> okay, thanks. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> Rob Nick Manis with Claims Detroit Business. Yes, sir. Question. Oh, up on the on the first question from the Detroit News and regarding the, the uneven response from some banks. I've uh, been tracking one particular bank here in, in Michigan and in other states as well. I know you can't comment on any particular bank, but you know they kind of try to create this portal that never got off the ground to uh, to automate the process. We've talked with many many small business owners over the last 48, 72 hours who feel you know very much left out in the cold by uh, by this bank they've uh, you know had had long standing relationships with. You know, common theme that has emerged is that they're kind of was not enough incentive for some of these these larger banks to, you know, really, you know, dive deep in into the PPP, you know, the you know, the, the input to do it, you know, doesn't meet the, the, the return on investment. Do you, do you think that there's a problem in terms of incentive for, for large banks to get involved in this? I mean, honestly, no. I mean, I mean, obviously, it's not a high interest. And this isn't really a loan that banks are and lending institutions are going to want to sit on and hold. I know there's talk about, you know, them selling it to the secondary market, and that's kind of where they make their money. But, but again, I mean, we're essentially paying these lenders institutions and we as the U.S. government is paying these lending institutions to basically do these transactions as long as they, you know, they, they do it, 
you know, via the right compliance, they do get, we do pay them a fee to do it. And essentially, we've waived all our fees. So the SBA takes nothing um, out of that. And again, this is, this is a loan, which, you know, hopefully, as long as the small business owner or nonprofit comply with the terms of loan, it becomes a forgivable loan that is 100% forgivable. But the lender, especially the bigger lenders, if they could get a process down, they could actually make some decent money. I mean, additionally, I would say that the lenders that are doing this, you know, it's also to, to help their customers. I mean, all of their customers are hurting. And if their customers go under without the assistance that the federal government is providing through this program, how does that serve the bank's interest if they have a customer that's going into bankruptcy or not succeeding? So I would say it's very advantageous for bigger banks to, to get into the game. But again, I mean, I understand they were, you know, if a big bank has, has never done SBA lending before, I could see where they're a little timid to do it because there are some rules involved in it. And again, the SBA, it has a reputation before this program was rolled out, you know, that we had a lot of compliance for the 7A and 504 program, 7A being our flagship, and that if a bank, a lending institution didn't exactly 100% follow it, that you'd get dinged. And, and for rightfully so, it's taxpayer money. It's a taxpayer guarantee. With the PPP program, though, a lot of that was relaxed in the anticipation that non-SBA lenders would get into the game. So, I mean, I get their concerns, but I also would say, you know, there are a lot of big banks out there and lending institutions that did get into to the game. You know, you had yeah, Key Bank, though they're an SBA, they are current SBA lender. They did a lot out of Cleveland. Huntington Bank, which is a big bank in the in Ohio that does a lot of loans in Michigan. And I'm sure Connie can, can rattle off some banks in Michigan that really kind of hit it out of the park. But we had a lot of fintechs get involved too. PayPal did, Square, Cabbage is another one that got involved. So I mean, we did have a lot, a plethora of all these different lenders out there that got involved. Wells Fargo, obviously a big one that got involved. Bank of America. I know City Financial, they were talking about, I don't know if they did or not. So again, I think it is advantageous for them, even if they don't make a lot of money on it, they're at least saving their customers. Did you have anything to add to that? Yeah, and also just wanted to mention, you mentioned the big bank, so we had quite a few credit unions that really, you know, tried to be a delegated lender during this process, and we're very excited about filling that board, and they were smaller banks, but realized the importance of serving small business on the side. I think we had maybe 12 to 15 new credit unions to come on board just to deliver the PPP program. Rob, I also think you made a, this is Chris Holman again, I think you made a great point in saying this was to facilitate the bank's customers and that has been, that will be the biggest payoff for the banks because they'll retain those customers as a result. Absolutely. Rob, Mark Sanchez at MI Biz in Grand Rapids. You mentioned at the beginning 43,000 plus applications, 10.3, almost $10.4 billion in Michigan. How many, those were, most of those were approved applications. How many applications are outstanding? How many applications total did uh, you receive in Michigan? And what's outstanding still to be processed and could go forward if indeed Congress allocates more money? To, to answer your question, from the SBA standpoint, there are none. Once we close the, the portal, essentially the application system for lenders to input, 
applications into our system. We There is no queue, there's no waiting line once it opens back up. It's, it, we literally stop taking anything. So that would be on the lender side, uh, whether they're sitting on applications or they're taking in more as in an anticipation for the if, if we get funded for the second round. So I, I kind of can't answer that question. That would be on the lender side. So there's no indication of how many folks were stuck in the queue when uh, you ran out of money yesterday? No, well, we, there was no queue for us. We literally kind of could guess, like, literally it's like almost an instant thing when somebody enters their, the lender enters their application into our system. Because the guide that normally in a, in a regular 7A loan for the SBA, there are some more guides and processing procedures because Congress kind of, you know, took a lot of those guides off of, this, of the PPP program. Literally, when the lender entered it into our system, they got almost an instant decision of saying, yep, you're good. So there was really nothing in the queue. We knew pretty much instantaneously when we were out of funds, we turned it off. So there was nothing in the pipeline when it came to the SBA. For the lender side, I mean, I do know that there are banks and, and, and credit unions saying, hey, we're still sitting on applications and there's there are some that are still taking it on the anticipation of a round two funding have your bank lending partners indicated how large of a volume they still have that they have not afforded to you i'm just trying to get a no, outstanding demand is out there yeah what i will point you to is the president of the consumer banking association yesterday he was at the white house and you can't obviously you can't quote me on this but there is a quote out there from him where he said that they know of possibly an overall need of a trillion dollars when it comes to supporting small business and nonprofits in the PPP program. Thank you. It might be for those questions about the unfulfilled need, you might want to get a hold of Rand, the CEO at the Michigan Bankers Association. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm aware of who he is, yeah. Okay, so he might have a number for you. Any other questions, guys? All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the call. I'd like to thank you for being on the call. I know Connie, she probably has a few words, but just know that we're here to serve you. We're going to get more data down the line. If what we have now is kind of top-line stuff, and we're going to drill deep and certainly when we have that available to share with you all, we will. And I'll turn it over to Ty to say some parting words. Yeah, just thanks a lot for giving us the opportunity to share about the program. Again, any media requests, we're always open, you know, to share with you what we have and what we can share. And just appreciate the support. And if we can share some positive news, you know, let's talk about how we can continue to have small businesses. So thanks for giving us the opportunity. Well, thanks for... All right. Thanks, thanks guys. You just heard excerpts from a phone conference with the Small Business Administration as Chris Holman was on hand with others of the media with the Small Business Administration, both Rob Scott, the Regional Administrator for Region 5 of the U.S. SBA, and Constance Logan, Michigan District Director. We'll be back with more on the Michigan Business Beat on Michigan Business Network.